tuning in to the Dig On Doug podcast. And we're going to get live. We're going to get you ready because you're going to be in for an earful, baby. Let's go. Yo, yo, it's Dig On Doug. Dig On Doug. Dig On Doug. It's your number one spot. Dig On Doug. Dig on Doug, dig on Doug, another episode drop. This is Dig on Doug, we speak on things we love, sports, books, and grub. Listen, we know what's up with movies, relationships, dynamites, main event, politics, too. In the airways, latest hits. If I like it, then I name it. If I love it, I'll explain it. It's my podcast to play with or experiment. We explore our differences. Fact is, we ain't nothing without photosynthesis. So get a load of this. Lock in and focus in. Informative discussions with substance you can't afford to miss. Steer you from the shallow pits of hopelessness. Change your mind state from renting to ownership. We on some showmanship. Set goals and go for it. Share what I know so you don't have to go through it. There's alternatives, hope kinds and turns and twists. Yo, it's dig on Doug, fool. You know you heard of it. All right, all right, what's up, y'all? Y'all know what it is. Dig on Doug. That's my boy, Hugo Monster, with that fire intro. Always appreciate him in those bars, so make sure you go follow him on all streaming platforms. Hugo Monster from the Bay, holding it down. So... That's what we're doing. We got another episode coming to you today. It's gonna be a good one. I got a, I got a, a good partner of mine in here, Chuck. He's gonna, uh, you know, give you some, some, some games, some information, some heart, some spirit, some mindfulness, um, and we just gonna keep it rolling, man. Just in all of this stuff of what this life is, what we're going through currently, how life is, and and all of that stuff. So, uh, Chuck, welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast, man. Hey, Doug, thanks for having me, man grateful to be here today oh man glad to glad to have you here glad to be talking about uh what we're going to be talking about today so just go ahead and let the people know like about yourself who are you where you're from um and all of that stuff and then we're going to dive into the topics we got today awesome man well uh you know again my name is chuck anderson actually charles um from the midwest back east um and uh you know how I got here, man. I, I left the Midwest to join the Air Force uh, back in 1990. Actually, it's funny, September 11th in 1990, believe it or not. And then, uh, you know, uh, I started out at March Air Force Base, which is in Southern California, uh, Moreno Valley. And then um, the aircraft I worked on, I was an aircraft maintenance guy. Uh, they moved the squadron up here to uh, Travis Air Force Base. And um, I got out in 2010, or I'm sorry, in 2000, and, uh, you know, I took some various jobs outside of the military um, because my hands started hurting, so I didn't want to turn wrenches anymore. I became a an RF tech sweeping cell phone towers uh, right in cell phone infancy, uh, so I was doing that. Then I became a construction engineer uh, working for a big company out there, and or out here in Northern California, and then uh, went back to school during the recession. Um, try to figure out my my way, man, and try to figure out what I liked. And uh, psychology was it, so I became a therapist, and my journey continues, man. I'm currently in school right now to get my doctor's degree, and I uh, got about a year left on that. So, yeah, man, that's that's me in a nutshell. Okay, man. Shout out to all of y'all out here going to get them doctorates. Like that's that's some real work. I got another friend who's in a program, one who just finished one about a year and some change ago. Another friend who did the same a couple years ago, and they be like trying to push me. I'm like, look, I'm trying to get the honorary doctorate. I just want to do the work and then get the honorary one. Okay, right. That them 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 PhD programs and doctorate programs ain't 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 they ain't light at all. So. Not at all. <laughs> So, so you said you found that path. What were start started to be some of the, the things in your life that just lined up to like really guide you towards uh, therapy, becoming a therapist? That's a unique question, man. And I, I believe most therapists would pretty much answer it the same way uh, as, you know, I've, I've, uh, as I talk to them periodically. Uh, I've always studied people mm. like I've all as early as I can remember. I always remember watching people, what they do, why they do what they do. Um, you know, um, you know, and it started out in our house watching people play cards and the body language and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and how they interacted with each other. And then it 
went from there to going to the mall and just just watching people or wherever we go. Uh, and then even in the Air Force, man, I remember they give you a, you know, a life questionnaire, like, where do you expect your life to go? And I found this paperwork not too long ago, and it said becoming a psychologist. Oh, wow. So even back early on, like I, I had an idea I would come this way, hmm. uh, but I, I didn't really see it. Um, you know, I feel like I'm pretty good in a lot of areas, but as far as the concentration, I, I never really saw myself doing this type of work. Mm -hmm. But once I got in school uh, again, and you know, when we hit that recession, when I went back to school, I was going to get my undergrad in healthcare administration. Oh, okay. And you know how they give you those uh, psych evals right mm -hmm. afterwards to see your best fit. Everything had pointed to psychology. Uh, when I took that assessment, it's the, um, I think it's the young typology assessment. Okay. And so as it pointed to psychology, that inventory man in my back, I, I said, okay, let's go. Um, and so I got my bachelor's degree in psychology. And I remember the very first class mm -hmm. was abnormal psych. Uh -huh. And I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is what I've been looking for. This is this is it right here. So yeah. that's that's kind of my path to it, man. Like I've always loved people. Uh, I mean, you know I me. Mean, I'm a people person. Uh, you know, I don't. I find it very easy to talk to anyone. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of how I got here. Okay. Yeah. No. So so the line the the line the path was lining up. You just didn't know how you were going to get there, but. You know, it took took some steps and took some 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 detours and things to get there. I mean, usually I like to say in the sense like the path finds us in some way, shape, and form. Absolutely, where we're gonna go. And you know what's it's 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 unique in a sense that I find that all of these unique paths that I've taken prepared me to get here because I encounter an array of people and I can use all of those different situations that I've been in all the things that I've experienced to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I believe connection is, you know, almost everything in this field. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it's, and the field and just in life in general, like right. it's this, this lack of connection that we can have nowadays, like there's this real surface, you know, notion of, of connection. And we have all this technology that connects us. But how connected are we? Are we really? And when we were talking about, you know, topics for this, uh, for this episode and for episodes to come, I know we want to definitely touch on uh, therapy and 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 the black community, and and you can look at those levels of information when it comes to having true connections and all of that stuff. And I mean, in a sense, probably even taking you back to you watching people play cards. Right. Right. Yeah, man. So you know, thinking about therapy in our community, man, like that was therapeutic to mm -hmm. me back then. And it gave me a chance to connect with family members, you know, having family members over different things like that. Uh, cousins just hanging out, uh, watching the adults do their thing. And, and then us actually getting a chance to see that, sit at the table. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that was the fight. Like, Hey, we wanted to sit down with the adults and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and slam cards and, and do all that stuff. And, and in some way, man, like, you know, I, I still play cards today and it's, and it's a nostalgic reminder of just how little things like that can connect you, which mm. we don't we may not necessarily think it's therapeutic, but it's very helpful. Um, and then, you know, even in our culture, man, I think the word therapy and the stigma surrounding therapy is changing for our community. Uh, you know, it's just improving. You know, COVID has exposed a lot of us and the need for additional help. Mm -hmm. Um uh, the Olympics, you know, the things that Simone Biles went through uh, and then her talking about her mental health. Uh, that's definitely helping more sports stars uh, and 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 actors and actresses and those people in affluent areas talking about therapy on a on a grander scale is really helping to improve the discussions uh, around mental health and seeking therapy. You know, I was out. I was outside of, you know, even people who are currently in therapy suggesting it to other folks. Mm -hmm. I think all of those things helps. Um, and the other thing about therapy, man, 
I got to say this, there's not enough African-American people in therapy. Mm. Uh, our population is really seeking it uh, and they're seeking that connection. I don't knock any other professional who's doing this because I think we all can connect. Uh, but what I'm finding is that in the African-American community, they're misunderstood a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I want to push for more African-American men to mm -hmm. get to the therapeutic realms because I yeah. think that will enhance the 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 science and mm -hmm. the, the understanding and the connection with our community uh, a lot further yeah. by seeing more representation. Was, was there was there a connection? <clears throat> was there a struggle there for you? In the sense, like for you to seek therapy, was there was there those bumps and everything before even before you found the road of becoming a therapist? Was it easy for you? And if so, like for either road, uh, uh, why? So yeah, there was there was a struggle for therapy, man, because there was the stigma, yeah. you know, the stigma that went around it. You know, you, you know, and, and where I grew up, man, you know, we grew up playing what's called the dozens, you know, talking about people's mm -hmm. mamas and things like that, and you had to develop a tough skin, yeah, uh, really quickly, or you found yourself fighting a lot, different things like that, and so, uh, if you were to tell somebody, you know, when I grew up, you were going to therapy, they, you were shunned basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you, not only did I have that, uh, going for me, it wasn't something that was really looked at in my community as something that you do. We typically relied on, you know, the church or, uh, some home remedy or, you know, <laughs> stuck it up or boy, ain't nothing wrong with you, you know, that kind of thing. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it just became this disbelief and, um, and, the sciences and again you know we come from a long history of uh misfortune when it comes to the medical field and so you know we can't forget about the tuskegee experiment right uh which dampened the way african-americans feel about the medical industry as a whole you know we always felt like we're guinea pigs and and things like that well that just didn't do anything to help you know especially my the generation before me want to even look at going in to see a therapist because of your mind and or even seeking any type of health treatment except if it was dire you know yeah uh, i come from you know uh a second generation slave uh my grandmother uh she was a second generation her mom was actually a slave and so a lot of that mentality uh was passed on yeah to me you know like hey you know, if you got a cough, take this salve or or mm -hmm. take this home remedy. Or, you know, mama's making hot toddies and things like that. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, man, I don't solve everything, but you know, I'm gonna do it because you say so. Take so you, some aspirins and shut up. So that you, you bring that one up, it takes me back to the Cosby Show that episode when Theo was having problems with his girlfriend, and then his his dad put it like made it made this concoction, put it in his hand, made him put his hands on his face over a ball and it's like, I will pay more attention to my girlfriend. And he just kept saying it slowly. Right. And he's like, and then it hit him. He's like, I will pay more attention to my girlfriend. And he looks up, dad's gone. And he's like, oh, okay, I get it now. Them home remedies. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. And you know, the other thing that uh, helped increase that disbelief in treatment was, um, we don't believe, or in where I grew up, we don't believe in talking about our problems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we mask it and our pride and our distrust uh, in help letting other people into our world Yeah, uh, is a big thing. And, you know, one of the things that you do get with therapy, you get that an anonymity mm -hmm. uh, to where your information is, is sacred. It's just between you and that therapist. And it doesn't go outside of those rooms unless you as the individual authorize it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, isn't being said out there for people to have a more of a trust in that process. Uh, sure, the therapist may not understand everything that you're going through, but man, there's a lot of people out there who, a lot of therapists out there who uh, have a lot of experience that are able to help, that are able to help you navigate, you know, some of the things that you're going through. And it's, like I said, man, we're getting a lot more, publicity but there's still a lot more need yeah 
And then, like you said, it's, it's that level of, of true trust. And I mean, I, my last episode I just did was on uh, titled uh, Friendship, the Endangered Species. Okay. How much are we really in our lives going to the depths of our, our, our soul, of our being with people? And right. And be able to have that space. So if we're holding all of this stuff in, I mean, that's one, one of my, because I like the people watch as well. I got a... a this in similar, I have a bachelor's in sociology because I really love understanding people. And then I got a master's in counseling. And so one of my observations with people sometimes is, you know, that moment you get like when you're like walking and you're facing somebody like you're both walking and it's like, OK, who's going to go left to who's going to go to the right. Right. And sometimes you get those people who are like they just they're not going to move for anything. And so what can what can trigger in my brain sometimes with with those are is like, if, especially that person didn't want to move. I'm like, man, they're probably going through something where they can't win in their life. So they're like, this little walk is like where I'm going to win. I'm not going to go to the left or to the right. This is where I'm going to win. And so we're holding all these different things in and we have no place to get them, get it out. And then we, we, it can come out viciously. Yeah. And, and that it's unique that you say that I did a talk, uh, on my Facebook page, um, right when the pandemic was starting and then uh it was coupled with the you know black lives matter movement when it was you know in a heightened state uh and that talk it was i was explaining how how sometimes we listen to respond instead of listening to understand mm. uh and there's a very big difference when in our listening strategies you know especially when people have something to say you know it's just like me and you if if i'm just listening to respond to every question you say then how much am i really diving into our relationship but if i'm listening to understand you then i'll have more questions for clarity i'll have more questions to to see it from your perspective uh and things like that so even as that guy is walking down or that person is walking down the street and you know they need this win well i don't know that Mm -hmm. but if I stop and say, hey, how you doing today? And they respond back and want to talk. Well, then I have an opportunity to listen and understand like, hey, what are you going through? I may not have the answer to help. And maybe I don't need to have the answer to help. Mm -hmm. Maybe that person just needs somebody to listen. It's that balloon. Like, you know, we can get these balloons. And it's like, just if somebody talks to us, we can look like a little out. And 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 that could just help. For like that time and that day, man. Yeah, and that's how you know. Sometimes, man, it's, that's how you change lives. Just being that ear, you know. There's countless people who are on the edge, on the cliff, right? Thinking about ending something, and yeah. it's that one voice. Hey, how you doing? You okay? That changes their perspective, changes their tra- trajectory in life mm-hmm. because that one person can care. Yeah, enough I, to say, hey, how you doing? I, I, cause I, and I've been, and I've been heavy on this. I've been trying to use my social media for this to be, as Gandhi said, you know, be that change you want to see in the world <clears throat> to be more vulnerable, especially on social media. Cause social media is so much of our highlight reels. Like it is really, there, there, there's the bloopers and all that stuff are rarely on social media. And I remember recently talking to a friend and a coworker, well, not a friend yet, but a coworker. And she was like, oh, I, we're at a, a fair. And she's like, how are you doing? And I was like, okay, which how you doing do you want? Right. And I'm like, because I can give you like that surface level answer. But then it's like, if you want to really come to the depths, then we can go to the depths. And she responded with, she's like, oh, you know me. She's like, I want to know the real stuff. And so we got into like a real conversation. This is a person I've only known over maybe like in a sense, like not even known like at this new job. I've only been here a year, some change. And we've only had a handful of interactions, but I could tell the difference of wanting to get involved and wanting mm-hmm. to understand, like you're saying. Right. Yeah. And that's unique, too, uh, in a sense of I, I try to model myself when someone asks me that question to give them the honest me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, you know, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, you know, I'm good, but I'm struggling with this. I fight that first part a lot to try and say I'm good because that's my cover up. Mm -hmm. And the more I get into a practice of saying, Hey, you know, I'm hanging in there is, is kind of typically my response now because my life is, is busy. 
Yeah. And it's it's hard to slow down sometimes and take an inventory of, of how am I really doing? And so I want to be generic, but I don't want to be too heavy in the beginning either. Yeah, you don't you want know? to hit them with the hammer. Right. Because, you know, I might get my feelings hurt if, you know, I start going down the line and then, oh, yeah, I'm, see you later. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm feeling even more, but you asked the question. <laughs> So, you know, I, I, I have to throw it out there and be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm hanging in there. How about yourself? Mm-hmm. And if and if that dialogue creates more honesty and openness, then I, then I can jump through that door. But uh, most of the times, like I said, man, sometimes, you know, we get caught up in that generic, how we doing, yeah. what's going on. And we don't really want to hear people. Mm-hmm. But if we slow down enough, and actually take the time to hear people, man, we, I think that society be a much better place. Man, and, and that point, if we slow down enough, because we want to be so quick, we have, like, I mean, in our pockets, in our purses, wherever you got them at, we have an instant, like, get out of this conversation card, like, if we want to, with a phone. And so it's those those real notions. Like, one of my, one of my things that I, I usually say is, like, usually I'm alive, um, like I'm living because like, and like you're saying, like starting with the, I'm good, but I'm struggling with this so often again, like social media, we want to show one picture, but both things can be true. I can be good and still struggling with something at the same time. Yeah. It's like, you can have a car and it's good, but you're struggling to like pay the note or to get gas in it. Or put to the gas in it. Like, <laughs> no, she put the gas right now. But both things can be true, but we don't allow society so often doesn't allow us to really see both sides of the picture. We live so much in an argumentative world. We like, especially then, then especially like, you know, you go to, to men, like you were touching on earlier, we go into sports and it has to be one way. And it's like, there's one person that's the greatest and all of this stuff. Like one of my jokes that I have a podcast on it, an episode, I've never seen a goat. I've never seen a field with just one goat on it. Right. Like, so... That's awesome. Yeah, man. Those those goats are amazing. I like that analogy because, you know, I have this one all the time. One of my favorite players uh, is Kobe Bryant, you know, rest his mm-hmm. soul. Uh, but before him, it was Mike. And right before Mike, it was Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. All three of those figures are goats in my mind. They all played similar positions, but they all came at a very different time. And at the time where, you know, Isaiah Thomas was my guy, man, he was the hottest thing out of Chicago and out of Illinois at the time, right? And so yeah. you saw him, and then here comes Mike changing the game with the dunks, and then we got the shoes, and then you got Kobe emulating Mike. Well, it was three different generational time frames for mm-hmm. all of those guys. And so, respectively, they could be on the same field, and play at the same time, which Kobe played against both of those guys yeah. and dominated, right? I'm going to say that. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> and even now, like, you know, we got LeBron. I wasn't a big fan of his, but, man, I can't deny his athleticism. Mm-hmm. And to be doing what he's doing at 38 years old, man, and still jumping out the gym is amazing. Yeah. When we look at all of those things as a whole, part of what's killing us is the ability to have those conversations to not prove our side, but just to understand like, Hey man, everybody's has their respective position. Yeah. Everybody can be a goat. Mm-hmm. Everybody can be a goat. It's just a matter of how much you feel you can be a goat. Yeah. And like even, a- even for the, in, in this profession for me, I know I'm not goat level yet mm-hmm. personally, but I'm striving to get there in my own way. Yeah. Your, your own definition of success. And I think too often folks <clears throat> take on success. I honestly think some people don't really ha- truly have an understanding of what success is for them. They, they're they taking somebody else's level of success and it's like, okay, that's what it has to be. Like my thing in the sense of like, because I'm a big LeBron fan, like LeBron is the greatest to me. Like that's right. And everybody else can fall into place. But I'm like, I talked to a lot of these, these Jordan people and it's like, man, like y'all put him in this glass case. Like he was like, in per like he was like just perfect like i mean it's like come on and i think a lot of people then i go deeper with this stuff and a lot of people ain't ready for these conversations i'm like but i think a lot of people want something to look at and say like that's perfect i know i'm not so like it's so it gives this level of disconnect like okay like i'm 
I'm okay, but I know Jordan's perfect. Like I know this person's perfect. Like, but but I'm not going to strive to try to do like you're saying, do similar greatness in my life with my life. Mm-hmm. So it was this real, this real disconnect. Because one of my sayings is, everybody's a celebrity of somebody. Like, yeah. like we get so caught up in celebrity and entertainers. I call them entertainers more than anything. But it's like you, you're a celebrity to somebody, but you don't even know it because you're not even taking that time to like really value yourself and really, really have those connections. Like you're saying, going back to the impact of of black men and just man and period in the community and and what you mean, the impact you're having in lives and generational because. You just talked about Isaiah, Jordan, and Kobe. We don't know them like as as who they were, but it's like we're sure all of them were talking to each other, helping each other in some way, shape, or form. But that's what we're not doing in our own natural, normal lives. Man, that's crazy that you say that. And there's a ton of famous clips of Kobe talking to Jordan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's clips where he's like, man, I'm picking his brain right there on the court as they playing the game. Mm-hmm. And even though Kobe went back and studied all of his moves, like, I mean, you've seen the analogies of, of yeah. the videos of Kobe emulating Michael's moves. Well, man, that was his goal. Mm-hmm. His, but his goal wasn't to be Jordan. His goal was to be better, mm-hmm. a newer version, a younger version, which, again, you know, as we look at sports figures and as we look at people in general, our generation, as we age, our whole goal should be to pass on our knowledge and information to the younger generation. What's hard is sometimes the younger generations aren't ready to receive it. Yeah. And they don't have very much trust in the older generation mm-hmm. simply because the older generation sometimes is not proven their validity, mm-hmm. <laughs> their reliability <laughs> right <laughs> right because we you you heard of that old adage do what i say not what i do mm-hmm. well why would i do what you say when you ain't doing what you saying yeah mm-hmm. and so you know even as a therapist a lot of times my role is to emulate the behavior i'm trying to get my clients to have and i tell them often you know my role in your life is to show you x or to show you y and to live X and to live Y. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily prescribe things to anybody that I treat that I haven't done myself. Yeah. And if I can't buy into it, why would I expect the client to buy into it? Exactly. So if I'm helping you with, you know, let's say deal with anxiety, well, I got to help you know that I deal with some anxiety myself. Mm-hmm. So if I'm telling you to incorporate a breathing technique into your repertoire, and I'm not doing breathing techniques myself. Guess what? I'm just offering some stuff that you're not gonna really do anyway. Exactly. It's, it's, I, I tell people this all the time in my in my grad program. The first day of like we had the Saturday class that was built around learning all the skills, sitting down with 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 a uh, with students or clients or whatever to work on the stuff. And I remember the professor. His, his name is uh, Ernie. And one of the, the key things that stuck to me in that class, and I live it to this day, is if you want to help somebody, you go first. And so my mentality in my life is because I know I've been put on this planet to help people. Like that's part of my purpose is to help people in different ways, inspire, support, create spaces and all this stuff. And so if I'm not tackling things in my own life, how can I then in good faith tell a, a 18, 19 year old student, oh, don't worry about that test. It's nothing that's just going to pass. If I'm afraid to look at my taxes and get something done or really try to take on uh, money management for myself, and which is a struggle. And often, and the beauty sometimes for me is when I work with students, sometimes I'm giving them advice and telling them, I'm like, I just want you to know, I've literally told a bunch of students this, I just want you to know I'm telling you this, but I'm working on this in my own life right now. Oh, absolutely, man. That's, 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 (laughs) That's the golden rule. And, you know, a lot of I find a lot more people respond to that last part of your statement, which I'm currently working on this in my life as more positive than me telling them what to do mm-hmm. and not giving them an example of showing that I'm a, I'm human as well. Exactly. Like, man, like we all struggle with something mm-hmm. and to come off. I want to say prideful, but. More so guarded if we come off guarded then we're not really helping yeah 
sometimes we got to let our guard down to show who we really are to help that person that we're sitting across from show who they really are. Yeah. And it's, and it's like you were touching on these, these little bits of, of communication that we're having and not having, because we, in a sense, struggle with this. When I, whenever I do a presentation, I always go in and let people know who I am first. Like who, like you're getting this guy from Vallejo, middle child of six, like all of these different stuff, dropped out of college. Like I was a college dropout, didn't think I was going to go back. Because the thing is, and like yourself with your profession, anybody in the sense who has a profession, when somebody comes to you, if they're anxiety, low self-esteem, all this stuff, they're already thinking some way, should form, you're perfect. Because you have this profession, you're doing something, you've been entitled to do something. It's like when you think about somebody who does a service for you, you're like, okay, you're a professional. Like, I just, I don't, you got all of this. Like, they, there's flaws in all of us. But when you're coming with that notion, if you're not letting those walls down, they're going to be like, oh, well, like, in his head, it's like, oh, well, like, he's good. Like, he doesn't have, like, they'll come to you as, as, as a therapist. And like, well, he's a therapist. Like, he's probably making six figures. Like, probably doesn't have to worry about nothing at home. And he's probably going to have steak and lobster after this. And I'm coming <laughs> here with all this anxiety. And it's like, what are you going to tell me, Mr. Professor Man? I mean, uh, Mr. Mr. Right. Therapist Man. So. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, you know, in that sense, man, I find myself, I'm not as traditional as some of the, you know, therapists before me uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, were trained in different schools about, you know, how to treat people. I'm, I'm yeah. more organic. I'm more uh, eclectic in my approaches. So, uh, and you know, my generation, man, like we're, we're on that cusp of wanting to talk and wanting to share, but also knowing how not to share. Yeah. Right. So my fight with that is just like, I know the damage not sharing things has done to me personally. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I fight that a lot. Like, you know, even my relationship with my children, I let them know about the struggles I have. You know, I grew up where it was, you know, kids are to be seen and not heard. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, that was so unfair to me. Like, you know, I just felt like, well, why'd you have me? <laughs> you know, and then you, you 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 say I'm part of your life, but then you don't share your life with me. Mm. And I and early on, I fell into that same pattern. But as of late, man, I definitely try to include my children in, in the things and the decisions that are in the house. For the most part, yeah. you know, there's, there's, some decisions yeah. I make, there's a right? balance. There's a balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a balance. Uh, but you know, if my kids want to know any part of my life, they're free to ask. And you know, if you ask, be ready for it. Yeah. Because there's there might be some things that you're not gonna like that you hear. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna sh- water things down for you because I want you to know. I want you to understand what makes up your dad or your mom or or our dynamic. Uh, in our relationship with each other. Uh, and then we can talk about it. That's the beauty of what I learned about being a therapist is conversation is so key. Uh, and even when you find it, you can't talk, take a time out and come back and talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe, maybe the information was a little bit too heavy, but it doesn't mean that the conversation has to end. Yeah. We can come back and talk about it. Hey, because I realized, you're going to process things very different than I process it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have hurts and things that are different than I have. And I might be the cause of some of your hurt. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Even as a therapist, I let my clients know, like, look, right off the gate, don't put me on a pedestal because I'm going to hurt your feelings at some times. <laughs> and I still want us to be able to have a therapeutic relationship. Yeah. But I, I say that because I don't know what I might say yeah. that's going to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. Because out of a whole week, how I many ever hours in a week? I think it's like seven hundred and eighty hours in a week, something like that. Mm-hmm. I get you for fifty minutes. Yeah, you have the rest of the week to talk and to process these things. And I don't know. After you, I'm moving on to the next client, which I still remember you, but I'm on to the next. Yeah. So I don't know how you're processing the information, but I do want and encourage the conversation. Yeah, I know that 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 conversation piece. Is huge, and so one one to bring us back because I know you want to touch on um, and probably a little bit more deeper just the, the therapy and, and and the black community, and then 
you know, we we have that notion of out there to just pray it through. Like pray yeah. through. So I I just wanted I wanted to to go down that avenue with you and just your thoughts and opinions and 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 theology and all of this stuff. So my thoughts and on that is again that's one of those things that we learn from the African American community in our history is that we didn't trust the medical facilities. Yeah. The people in medical uh, professions. So we relied heavily on the institution of religion mm-hmm. to kind of be our guide and our uh, our avenues for helping us out mentally, mental health wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like I said, my ancestors, grandmother, great grandmother were super religious to the sense of they kept saying, just trust God, trust God. Well, growing up, Okay, I seen religion and praying God, but then there's some things for me that wasn't adding up. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, how can we be at church right here praying to God for change, but we going home and you getting twisted <laughs> and you smacking me upside the head, but you saying pray to all right, God, I pray that you take this person from hitting me away, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, you can't pray that problem away, yeah, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that distrust that came, I'm not, I am a person of faith and I do believe in a higher being and God and those things. Uh, and I do believe in the power of prayer. And actually it is, you know, the word of therapy is recognizing that spirituality mm-hmm. is a component to uh, helping the whole person. Yeah. Um, but again, for the African-American community, the notion of going to therapy versus praying your problems away is generational. Mm-hmm. because of the distrust in the medical facilities, medical professions, you know, again, over years, it's changing. It is changing. Um, you know, there are studies that are out now about, you know, less and less people going to religious organizations or having religious affiliations uh, just because there is so much corruption in it and people going to more healthcare related facilities. Um, especially now, you know, like I said earlier, you know, COVID has exposed a lot of the things that we couldn't get, uh, or we wouldn't be open to because, you know, during COVID, a lot of churches shut down. And so these people who would normally try to go to the church or a parishioner for some guidance, they didn't have it available. So the clinicians, therapists, psychiatrists, those people in the mental health field, became more and more in demand yeah. uh so you know do i say prayer can take some of your problems away i think it can center you mm-hmm. but as far as taking problems away you have to actually work at whatever that problem is for it to go away if it's going to go away at all yeah i mean you know it's the it's the society that that and i've been there myself i mean in the past when i was younger we want we want a magic bullet to just take whatever <laughs> we want to just lose all the weight and never have to deal with it again. We want to, right. just, you know, eat one meal and that sustain us for the day. Like we want this, and I've I've come to this 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 new understanding of you never do anything once and it's and it's and it's gonna really help you. Right, uh, there's something that's any benefit of anything is a repetitious, multifaceted thing. Like you can't go out there and swing the bat one day. At a baseball, and you're like, "Oh, I'm a home run hitter." Yeah, <laughs> like it, yeah. It, it, it don't it don't work like that. It's like when we go back to basketball for a minute, people are like, "Oh, Steph Curry's like so great. I can be great like that." You're gonna put in the work that Steph Curry does to get where he's at, right? This isn't just a show up on game day and just shoot all these threes and they just hit the bottom of the net like nothing's there. Yes, it's it's funny you bring up Steph, man. Like I'm I'm a basketball fan. I like basketball and football. Those are my two sports but i can watch anything i love the olympics like the mm-hmm. summer olympics oh my gosh uh but i had the opportunity to go to a warriors game just a few weeks ago and and watch him in a shoot around like the mm-hmm. pregame and oh my gosh he draymond green and uh one of the other guys were out there shooting around and they were just shoot throwing these shots up that i couldn't fathom making and it was like effortless for them yeah but that's their profession that's Mm -hmm. their life that's their job that's what they do day in day out 
And it changes throughout the game because they got other people emulating that same thing that they're doing and now guarding them. Mm-hmm. And it was just interesting watching the dynamic. Unfortunately, as a therapist, I can't see anything just for what it is anymore. I got to analyze it. Right <laughs> yeah, now. It's I, just... I, I know, bro. I, I but it's know. like I was watching him shooting around it, and it's like he's having fun. Mm-hmm. Just shooting, having fun. And I'm like, that's life right there. How can we, as people, can't just live life and have fun? Mm-hmm. Taking care of our responsibilities, but having fun. Well, and it's, and it's like the, the other point we're, we're going to get to, just the current events of everything going on, because we want to be able to have that fun, but there's so much other stuff going on. As like we talked about earlier, then there's stuff where we 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 haven't talked about. And then there's stuff, and you you know you've seen this and heard this from people in, in all your sessions. There's so much stuff of from 20, 30, 40 years ago that you still got to cipher through to get to where you're really trying to go eventually. Like, there's no, like, I'm going to just put it in the closet. Like Eminem said, like, he's cleaning out his closet. Like, because he know in order to go to the next level where he's trying to go, you got to clean that stuff out and deal with it. Right. And that's good that you say that because a lot of people think about cleaning out their closet and throwing things away. Mm -hmm. Our past is there for a reason. Yeah. Our past is there to help us navigate our future and not make the same mistakes mm-hmm. that we did in the past. If we don't learn from what's been done before and take those learning advances into the future, we're going to be a stagnant people. Yeah. Um, I saw a quote the other day and I want to say it was uh, Alec Baldwin. I can't remember exactly the guy's name, but the phrase came up saying read 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 and when you're tired keep reading and i was like that is a profound statement if you, and it was just those simple words and underneath it you know how it has a little pause mm-hmm. because reading unlocks your mind for more potential mm-hmm. and i was like whoa I hate reading. <laughs> so why would I take that as a as a as a symbol of something I want to do when I don't like it? Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't like reading because I I don't learn that way. Yeah, I'm more of an audio visual learner. So when I read, I have to play the audio at the same time, mm-hmm. and I learn better. Just like even our conversation. If this conversation was just written out, I wouldn't remember 90% of it. Oh, but I by you so. and I talking it, man, I can tell you tomorrow, hey, me and Doug talk about this. We talk, we, man, oh, right? Uh, and so now with technology and things there, my reading has gone up a ton mm-hmm. because I'm able to hear audiobook. I'm able to envision myself inside of a story. I'm able to uh, even get information faster because my reading is slower. So it doesn't take as much time. Yeah. I say I hate reading. That's a that's not a complete truth. <laughs> I dislike the effort I have to put into yeah. reading. And, and but the I, thing is that can be fun because that's how you learn. And so one of the things we, we have to learn as people is because normally when I when I get with people or if I'm like in a study or something with somebody, I ask them what's your learning style? Because if we're just gonna try to subscribe somebody to something, I'm like, okay, this is what I, this is how it goes, and this is how you're gonna get it. That's usually when, if anybody's coming to you, anybody, anybody listening to this, coming to you and seeking growth, I'll put it this way. You wanna be able to provide the plate for them. It's almost in a sense, and, and I do a lot, of, a lot of analogies. You wanna, in a sense, give them the, the food to put together themselves. You don't wanna tell them like, oh, okay, this is the burger. And then it's like, then they're like, oh, okay, well, I'm allergic to mushrooms. I gotta take these off. Like, I really don't like pickles. I got to take it. So you try to prepare something for them already. Thing that's going to be nutritious for them. And like, you're like, well, why aren't you satisfied? They just had to do a bunch of work to take stuff off of this where you could have been like, okay, here's all the ingredients. You can go in the fridge. There's all the stuff in there and yada, yada, yada to prepare it the way that they need it so they can get their nourishment. Right, right. That's a good one. I, that's from that's from above because I ain't, I ain't said that one before. <laughs> And that's key, man. You know, and so even in therapy, I have to take a person right where they're at. Yeah. 
right? And it takes a little bit, again, of listening to see where that individual is uh, because I can't expect them to know how to do certain things. Uh, you take a person that deals with anger or frustration. Well, what's going on in the world can totally affect their mood. But I don't know how the things, current events are affecting them. So why would I give them something to do when I don't know how they're affected already? You know, there's this thing called Maslow's hierarchy of needs that talks about the basic needs of human beings and their progression throughout life. And if those bottom tiers aren't satisfied, you really can't move on successfully to the next state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're talking to somebody that's from the Ukraine and, you know, there's a war going on in their country and they're thinking about their family and their friends, there's no way I'm going to talk to them about being financially independent <laughs> or secure in their attachments when everything they're knowing is being disrupted. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we got to slow back the therapeutic process and enjoy the moment mm -hmm. and watching people use the information that we are able to share with each other and apply it to their own life. Yeah. Now I don't have people in the Ukraine, but I understand suffering. Mm -hmm. I understand people who are in traumatic situations and I'm removed from it. Yeah. So I can apply that use of my own knowledge and say, Hey, I remember being at that point, And one of the things that I experienced was, Loneliness, isolation, slight depression. How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Taking those current events that are happening in the world for them is a real thing. And just asking that next question. How are you impacted? Yeah. How do you feel about it? And don't don't sugarcoat it. Like, give me the raw. Give me if you feel like you got to use explicit. Go, yeah, for, go for it. Do it. Get it out. Let's talk about it. Because it's in you already. You need to get it out. Like. Exactly, man. There's a lot going on, man. You know, uh, we got, again, like I said, Ukraine. We got Russia, uh, Russia's involvement. They're talking about nuclear war. I see people stocking up at Costco again, <laughs> right? My Amazon feed is talking about the end of the world supplies. I'm like, what is this? I didn't look at this stuff up. But it's out there. You know, we're impacted yeah. by a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the world has no, uh, no shortage of things to get us distracted. Even, you know, just recently, the thing with Will Smith and Chris Rock, man, I'll bring that up really quick. Like, that impacted me. Mm -hmm. Those, I grew up with Chris Rock. Yeah. I remember his first comedy, stand-up. I remember New Jack City and, you know, all the roles he would play in, you know, CB4. A lot of people don't even know that movie, <laughs> right? And I'm like, man, to see him, you know, on a national TV uh get hit like that man like wow i was like whoa okay that could go a number of different ways mm -hmm. but it impacts not only me it, it impacts people yeah it impacts their view of how they see mm -hmm. the community how they see other people uh not to say if you were ever traumatized by somebody yeah, like that, yeah. man it's gonna affect you mm -hmm. so when i'm talking to people i'm like okay hey what's going on what's really affecting you? how the current events really affecting you yeah and that's sometimes things that we can just brush over because we might be used to them or mm -hmm. might be used to pushing under the rug. But those are the things that you sweep enough on, on enough of those things under the rug. Eventually, you're going to have a pile. Yeah, and the rug ain't going to, you ain't even going to see the rug no more. You ain't going to see the rug no more. The rug going to be oh, somewhere way up top. And <laughs> you got all these things that you got to deal with. Yeah. So it's, it's 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 a lot, and like you're saying, and it's, and, it's, and I mean, and there's even people who who I know who don't have any direct ties to the Ukraine, um, all of what's going on over there, but they're affected by it, and and that's real for them. That's that's yeah. truly real, and 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 something for them. And so it's it's all of this stuff, and it's again, where are these spaces that you have to be safe to feel like you don't have to put on some mask or facade of like. I'm good. I'm okay. But on the inside, like every structure in you is falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. And that just goes back to, again to deal with who do I have in my corner that I can open up to mm -hmm. without the fear of being judged or feeling like, you know, what I have to say doesn't matter or does this person really care? Right. Because mm -hmm. those are some of the dynamics we can get into when you know, we're trying to be vulnerable and open with people. And, and unfortunately, that's one of the avenues social media doesn't allow us to have. Mm -hmm. 
is that that openness and feeling of connection with people, but yet we run into it constantly. Right. You know, as a society, we run into social media constantly looking for our validation, but it's not there. You you see so much more opposition to what you feel and see than support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's again, this is me, my interpretation. I could be wrong, and I don't I don't mind saying that I could be wrong. But for the amount of people I see, you know, that's one of the things that come up a lot. Where do you go for support? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times I hear back. Yeah. You know, I posted this on social media and I got all this flack and all these other people comment. I don't even know some of these people that's commenting. Well, haters are everywhere. Yeah. And not everybody is as sensitive as you want them to be. Mm -hmm. So social media shouldn't be your outlet to talking about things that you really are feeling. You got to have that one, two, three, maybe four close people that mm-hmm. you allow into your life. And again, not that they have to think and believe the things that you think and yeah. believe, but you can conversate about them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that's being lost too, is having people that don't necessarily agree with what you agree in, yeah. but have a difference in opinion and thought and still being able to have conversation. Yeah, and that and that conversation piece, they're not trying to lead you to somewhere. Like they're not trying to fix you. They're not trying to fix you. They're not trying to lead you to something. They can I I what I say and 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 I try to say and I have friends like that, you need people who you can expand to every inch and corner of who you are. Right. Like the crazy parts, the cynical parts, the sad parts, the happy parts, like all of that stuff. If you if there is somebody in your life and like it's like a one-way narrow, like I have to be this. Like, and that's the, the conversations that you have. And that's, that's what it has to be. That's not, that's not going to help you grow to the full potential. You're going to be limited. Like, Absolutely. You're, you're truly going to be limited. One of, one of the things I, I say in analogies, I do, I do career work because I've used with, uh, with students before I ask them, like, I go into the classroom and like, oh, okay. Like talk about networking and, and just having people to network with you. And so I say, who are some of the best cell phone companies? And they'll be like, oh, like, this company, this company, this is good. And then I was like, what's the bad one? So they'll name this one, this one, this one, that one. So I'm like, in your life, do you have the good company people in your life or the bad company people? Because we all know what a good cell phone connection is going to allow you to do. You'll be able to go on your phone, you'll be able to make calls, you can go on the internet. Maybe you you making a phone call and you're on the internet at the same time. But if you got that spotty stuff, and you're like, you're doing the whole this and all of this stuff and moving your arm around, trying to pick up a good signal. That's that's not allowing you to go to the true depths of what you are. And then you get frustrated because like, I'm just trying to send a text and can't send a text. And then it's like, that's that's the space and stuff that we have to develop and create and 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 allow this. And so with, with anybody listening to this and make sure if you're listening to this, you go listen to the previous episode as well. But one of the things like we touched on earlier though, you got to be that person too. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does no good to continue to have problems and not find solutions. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, I know it might, even in my practice, like I don't always have the solution and I say it like, I, I don't know. Here's some things that I would try. Let's mm-hmm. see how they work. Let's try them out. Let's come back next week and we can talk about it then. If, if it didn't work, it didn't work. If it doesn't mean we give up, we continue to try and find that solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, you know, you mentioned cell phone and towers and finding signals. Well, hey, back in the early 2000s, good luck on finding a signal <laughs> anywhere <laughs> that wasn't a rural or, or a public area. Yeah. You know, you're in your house, you ain't getting signals. You got to go outside the house. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, 5G, 30G, whatever we got now, man, you got a signal everywhere. You got to go to a remote place not to get a signal these days. Mm-hmm. But again, the, the strength, how do we get uh, strengthened in our own personal lives? Well, we got to be willing to have relationships. Yeah. We got to be willing to have those differences of opinions and still be able to function. Mm-hmm. We got to be able to see things from the other side. You know, even, you know, some of the couples I counsel, one of the hardest things is taking two people and trying to help them be unified. <laughs> Talking about a doozy, right? 
Uh, but I use, I also, I also use examples from my own marriage and some of the mistakes that I made mm -hmm. uh, early on in my marriage and even as early as yesterday. Yeah. You know, I'm not counseling anybody today, but you know, I use my life one to show one I'm not perfect, and two mm -hmm. that I still have areas of growth I need to do. Yeah. I still have areas that I personally am struggling with. And I thank clients a lot of time because sometimes I get something out of the session than they get. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I know it's not used for that, but I, as being authentic, mm -hmm. I think that bridges and helps the therapeutic gap. And I also tell people like, look, I got a ton of head knowledge. Mm -hmm. I got a ton of things I can offer you from books and books that I read and I'm continuing to, continuing to grow. But you're the expert on your life. I'm not. Mm -hmm. So you have to clue me in to what help you need so I can make sure that I follow up and give you that help. Yeah. Right. Because I don't want you coming to me just thinking we're going to have a conversation. Now, there's some work involved mm -hmm. when you come to see me. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't think you want to keep paying me just to have things stay the same. Yeah. But even sometimes, even with that, I have to be mindful of maybe today is just the day we talk. Mm -hmm. Maybe today is just a day we talk about what's going on with you. How can we build trust together? Is it hard for you to build trust? How do you get rid of the stigma surrounding therapy? How do you get rid of the stigma surrounding, you know, having a difference of opinion? How do you get around, you know, Trump, Biden, uh, Obama, um, you know, President Reagan? I was watching this thing. I'm sorry I brought him up. I had no idea in the 80s, man, like the administration allowed the drugs to come into the United States uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, at the same time they were saying, say no to drugs. Yeah. And this is just something that recently happened in my life. And I was like, man, I remember when crack cocaine hit the neighborhood, mm -hmm. how all of a sudden it, it turned into war zones. Yeah. Well, that's something that happened 30, 30 plus years ago, but it affected me. And I remember there was some feelings associated because I had lost people mm. and I had, I had witnessed people getting, uh, I must use this word assassinated, right. Standing right next to me. Yeah. And I was like, man, a, a foot or two to the left or to the right could have been me. Yeah. And then I remember getting very mad at the administrations mm -hmm. at that time. And I'm like, you lying sacker. Diddy, dee, 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 right. <laughs> But how did that affect me? I needed relationships to help me get out of that. Yeah. I needed relationships to talk to and say, hey, yeah, that was some interesting stuff. How did it prepare you for the future? They didn't ask that, but yeah, then, of course, didn't. I was asking that myself. Mm -hmm. I was asking things of myself or, or how can I use this to help someone else navigate injustice? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah no, that's, that's, <clears throat> that's real. And so... Looking at all of this stuff and 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 looking at it and say somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, like I'm hearing this, like like Chuck, I'm hearing you, Doug, I'm hearing you. I've had therapy on my heart and my mind for a minute. Like, what would be your suggestion for somebody looking into starting that road to to want to research and 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 look into therapy? One because one of the things I tell and I I myself is one of the things I need to to find me a therapist again. And also to tell people this, therapy is like dating. Like it's all, it may not be the first therapist that like hit with you. Yeah. Uh, but what is your suggestion for people to go down the road of, of exploring uh, therapy to get started? Man, great question. The first thing I would say is don't wait. Mm. Don't wait. Uh, I, I know that there's a lot of uh, old things out there, old terminologies, old messages, uh, things that, uh, prevent us from seeking that help. Uh, but I would say don't wait would be number one. Two is select the right right therapist um, for yourself. And what I mean by that, if you're going through trauma, if you have traumas that are impacting your life and, you know, you find yourself still having nightmares and, you know, vivid images or dreams or thoughts about something in the past, you want to go to a, a, a therapist that speaks that language. So trauma. Uh, if you're dealing with anxiety and anxious thoughts, well, you want a therapist that can handle and think through anxiety uh, and therapists that are culturally competent. Mm -hmm. Right. That's I think that's the biggest piece that 
sometimes people miss is do I have a therapist that's culturally competent in my practice, in my personal practice, I have an array of clients, uh, you know, from all different backgrounds. And one of the things that I really try to do and strive to do is know that back, know that culture, not the color, but the culture. Yeah. <laughs> right. I got a really good friend who's, who's Chinese, but he grew up in the African American community. So his culture is African American, his ethnicity is Chinese. Mm. So it makes a difference when you understand a person's culture. And, and when I'm not educated on the culture, I ask the client themselves, yeah. like help me understand your culture. Um, the, 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 another thing that I ask to is when they talk to their primary care provider for a referral, mm-hmm. Let your let your primary care provider know what type of therapist you're actually looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're looking for an African-American therapist, say that if you're looking for a Hispanic therapist, say that if you're li- looking for an Asian therapist, say that mm-hmm. because we all have to fill out demographics of our practice and who we encounter and some things about us. Again, culturally sensitive, you have to be an advocate for yourself. If you feel like, um, you know, previous therapy didn't work because the therapist wasn't culturally competent, well, or that therapist wasn't available, guess what? They're available now. You might have to wait a little bit. You might have to wait, but, but speak your, speak on what you want and, you know, don't be afraid to do that. And the last thing I would say, man, and this is, it's going to be a shock. Don't let finances, be the reason you don't get help. Mm. Don't let finances be the reason that you don't get help. I guarantee you, if you invest in your mental health, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, <laughs> did I say, I guarantee, I guarantee that if you invest in your mental health, the finances will be there mm-hmm. and they'll get better because they'll teach you methods on how to enhance your work life, how to enhance your personal life, how to enhance life in general to where you'll start setting aside the finances to make sh- to make things happen. Mm-hmm. A very quick analogy, I remember I used, I'm a gamer, so I play video games quite a lot. That's actually one of the areas I do for self-care. All right, shout out gaming. Right, uh, Call of Duty specifically, if y'all wanna get dealt with, come see me. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, I remember I used to save money to buy the, the next game. Mm-hmm. If my mental health is in jeopardy, I'm not going to save money to get this game. I'm going to invest in myself mm-hmm. because I know if I invest in myself, <clears throat> then the money will be there later on. Yeah. Nah, that's 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 real. It's like, folks, I have a lot of friends who are in life insurance, and it's like we got more people walking around with life insurance on their phones than themselves. So, man. You know, it's, it's it's what are you investing in, and how are you investing in yourself? So, like like Chuck just told you, I mean, we have we all have those things of what we save up for, be it shoes, be it the, the that dress that's coming out, that that new jacket, like whatever. Um, but this this health stuff, and like you said, it's going to help all aspects of your life. Like you know, you might buy an outfit, and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be super dope when I get these formal kind of things like events. So that's a one time like little not a one-time thing, but that's a one avenue kind of thing, but your mental health is everything. Yeah. So like you can have the, the dopest outfit on, but on the inside, it's all a wreck. And so just, yes, let's, let's all, and, and even for myself, I'm getting convicted right now. Okay, Doug, can't, can't wait no more. Like, okay, we got to find this therapist. So we got, we got to get on it. So um, it's real. Like it's, it's definitely real folks. So uh, man, Chuck, yeah, so uh, just the first episode because you're gonna be on here much more. So we're gonna do our check-ins with Chuck, and there's more episodes to come. So <clears throat> before we close it out, I always love to ask this: just, just what are you digging on in life right now? Like, what's something that you're just like, yeah, I'm really feeling this. Like, what's that in your life right now? So me, man, is growing professionally and personally. Um, again, I want to be a goat in my 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 practice. Uh, I'm doing a lot of things to enhance that. I'm actually growing my practice right now to uh, bring more therapists on board. And uh, uh, 
working on that and my spirituality at the same mm-hmm. time, man, just trying to grow spiritually, understand my purpose, uh, aligning my purpose with the work that I do. Um, and, you know, just trying to, trying to learn on all those aspects. Um, and then setting out my future, man. Like, you know, I told you I'm in my, my doctoral program mm-hmm. and setting that next goal. Like after that, what's next? Yeah. Right. Continue to grow. So, you know, I talked to my wife early and I told her, you know, after I finish this, I'm gonna learn how to play the sax. Oh, you, <laughs> you know that's always been something I wanted to do. It was the drums at first, but man, I, I just fell in love with the saxophone, man. So, you know, I think I want to do that next. That's kind of what I'm digging on, man. And, okay. Uh, just trying to be super responsible here at the house with my time, <laughs> my professionalism, my personal stuff, school, and that next level. Yeah. What's next? Nah, that's okay. That's real. And I'm, I'm on the same, like that professional development and what's the next skill and just really focusing on what's in front of me. Um, like I shared with you, um, like at the end of this month, I'm going down to SoCal uh, to become a grief recovery specialist. So nice. that work and then being able to help people and really walk in my purpose uh, to help other people in just the way that, that I that I do and that I am. So um, yeah, folks, it's, 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 it's dig on Doug. Now, Chuck, where can they find you? Like if they want to reach out they want to connect with you maybe they want some resources or they want to see if you take a new clientele absolutely man so you can see me at my niche therapy that's www.mynichetherapy.com uh you can find me on psychology today uh you know i'm on linkedin linkedin at under my niche therapy facebook uh all those social media platforms i'm not on twitter or or instagram yet but those are to come uh but the main thing is you know, you can even look me up on Google, mynichetherapy.com. All right, y'all. So those are all the details. I'm going to get all the details from him. And when, when you see this on the post, all of that stuff will be there as well. So this is just the first installment of the check-in with Chuck. So, so y'all, I hope you got something out of it. Take care of yourselves. Have a wonderful day whenever you listen to this. If you listen to this at night, have a wonderful night, a wonderful morning. And invest in yourself so you can invest in the other people that you are meant to impact and have an influence in this world so until next time y'all keep on digging peace out